are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Miami Dolphins fans? This is another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Host Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins, Wire, Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, continuing this series but transitioning from pick number 6 to pick number 18. We are looking at the pros and cons of the Dolphins drafting specific prospects who are in consideration based on mock drafts and logic, things that... hmm, Sometimes go together and sometimes don't this time of year. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, I can assure you we will not be exploring the Peter Schrager scenario in which the Dolphins draft Rayshon Slater at six and pass on Kyle Pitts. Nope, not doing it. Not touching it. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. I did think it was uh, pretty funny to hear Peter Schrager uh, come off Good Morning Football and say he'd never gotten a reaction from fans anywhere of any team of any time the way he got from Dolphins fans reacting to the team passing on Kyle Pitts to draft Rayshon Slater at six uh, as the fruits bore of the team's trade up from 12. So two first-round picks for your third offensive tackle and the top 40 in two years, not even the top offensive tackle in the class. Yeah, uh, reactions, the, the tasteful ones were well-deserved. Uh, please don't cuss out Peter on my behalf or the Dolphins' behalf. But we're moving on. We did the four primary pass catchers in Penny Sewell as the first round of this series, looking at the number six overall pick and the pros and cons of each. Today on the show... We are profiling Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. Parsons, junior linebacker from Penn State, uh, one of the freakiest athletes in this year's class, uh, and is generally perceived to be a tailor-made fit for a Bill Belichickian-style defense. And, of course, Brian Flores with his background in the New England Patriots. There's a lot of parallels, a lot of things that are similar. And I do think for the Miami Dolphins... If you were going to start building your argument for or against Micah Parsons, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that, yes, this is an undeniable scheme fit based on Parsons' style of play and what the Dolphins are looking to do defensively. Parsons is a former edge rusher from central Pennsylvania, my neck of the woods, five-star recruit, commits to Penn State, and transitions from an edge rusher to an off-ball linebacker. Penn State has a really strong resume of off-ball linebackers. They have a claim to LBU. I'm not going to get into that can of worms, just in case there's fans of other teams that have claims to LBU that may dispute that fact. But the point of the matter is this. Micah Parsons played stack linebacker for two seasons. And that's it. And you watch his 2019 tape, and it's really easy to get excited about his athletic profile and his size 
playing off-ball linebacker when you understand that he really hasn't been doing it for more than two seasons. Micah Parsons is six foot three, 246 pounds. He played a grand total of 1,200 snaps, 1,225 snaps, throughout the course of his career at Penn State. So you're looking for pros. The ceiling here, and you project this to the next level, he is very, very clearly just scratching the surface of what he can be as an off-ball linebacker. And some of the questions about Parson as far as anticipation and play processing and working in coverage, uh, specifically in coverage, I think can be mitigated in a defense like the Dolphins in which you can utilize him on third downs in ways other than just playing in coverage. And we'll talk about coverage when we get to the cons because I do think there's more bad than good in that specific area of Parsons' game. Uh, But again, this is a guy who only played off-ball linebacker for two years. He was a pass rusher in high school. Think about what the Dolphins, or what the Patriots, I should say, have done in the past with Kyle Van Noy. And I think that's an important name to invoke here because Micah Parsons from a build perspective, has some parallels to Van Noy's build that could yield complementary results. So Kyle Van Noy is six foot three, two hundred forty-three pounds. Arm length is thirty-one and five eighths. So from an off outside linebacker perspective, Kyle Van Noy is in the twenty-first percentile in arm length. He does not have a lot of length in his arms. So you're looking at Micah Parsons. He's also somebody who came in under 32 inches in arm length, but came in at also 6'3 and 246 pounds versus 243 pounds. Look at Kyle Van Noy's athletic testing. When he came through the NFL Combine in 2014 out of BYU, he ran 471, 32 and a half inch in the vert. He went... 9 feet and 4 inches in the broad, and he went 7-2-2 in the three-cone. So from an athletic profile perspective, we're going to be completely transparent. Kyle Van Noy ran the 40-yard dash in the 43rd percentile of outside linebackers. He jumped the vertical jump in the 30th percentile of outside linebackers. He did the broad jump in the 19th percentile of outside linebackers, and he did the three-cone drill in the 27th percentile of outside linebackers. It's no bueno is what it is, at least from an athletic profile perspective. But Van Noy was a player who you knew coming out of BYU, you were going to have to get creative with how you implemented. You were going to have to have a specific vision for him or else run the risk of seeing him get stagnant by trying to play just one spot. And sure enough, he goes to the Detroit Lions, and Detroit has no idea how to use him. And he stinks in Detroit. And then he goes to New England, which you can move him around, you can be much more multiple with him, you can accentuate him, and Kyle Van Noy is suddenly a very good player. Kyle Van Noy signs with the Dolphins, and he is everything you thought he was going to be. If we're being completely honest, 
He was everything the Dolphins thought he was going to be. And the decision to part ways with Kyle Van Noy, for my opinion, was just as much about financials as it was anything else. Perhaps there was more behind the scenes. But the Dolphins paid Kyle Van Noy a contract and got exactly what they were expecting to get from a play perspective. And he played hurt. And he was a team leader in 2020. That role is now vacated. And we could point to Andrew Van Ginkle, if you want, as an edge rusher. And I know Van Noy played the majority of his reps on the edge as a walk-up outside linebacker. And I think that's where Micah Parsons, his athletic profile in the same kind of role, can mitigate the pass rush issues and allow him to have a prominent role on the Dolphins' defense right away. Hear me out. Now remember, Parsons was effectively the same exact size as Kyle Van Noy was when Kyle Van Noy came through the NFL Combine. Micah Parsons posted the following numbers. 6'3", 246. He ran the 40-yard dash in 4.39 seconds. He posted a vertical jump of 39 and a half inches. And he had a standing broad jump of 11 feet 2 inches. Van Noy in the same tests, 471, 32 and a half, 9 feet 4 inches. Van Noy in those tests, 40-yard dash, 43rd percentile, vertical jump, 30th percentile, broad jump, 19th percentile. Do you want to know what Micah Parsons' percentiles would be? In the 40-yard dash, he is in the 99th percentile of off-ball linebackers since 1999. In the vertical, he is in the 93rd percentile of all off-ball linebackers since 1999. And his standing broad jump of 134 total inches is in the 99th percentile of off-ball linebackers since 1999. You are talking about a top-shelf athlete. And projecting this top-shelf athlete into a role exactly. Now, you'll have to worry about you know his assimilation into the playbook and how much he could pick up and so on and so forth. But projecting, going from a subpar or below-average athlete at the same position into now a top-shelf, very rare find athletically speaking, plus because he played as a pass rusher throughout the course of his prep career, you know he is going to be able to effectively pressure off the edge, especially in the Dolphins' defense, which so much of what they do is rooted in pressure packages and manufacturing free runners and so on and so forth. Do you wish he had a little bit more anatomical length? Sure. I think that's a very reasonable observation to make. But all I'm saying is Kyle Van Noy played 814 snaps for the Dolphins last year, and 571 of them came on the line of scrimmage. As an end man on the line of scrimmage, outside linebacker. 
571 of 814 snaps. I'm not a math guy. But that 70% of his snaps came on the line of scrimmage. Those are rush opportunities. Those are outside in setting the edge opportunities. The Dolphins have a clear and obvious void in their defense with having parted ways with a team leader in Kyle Van Noy. And Micah Parsons is athletically speaking Kyle Van Noy's size, but he took the super soldier serum, right? For all of my uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier fans out there or Captain America fans out there. He is the juiced up, souped up, A++++++ athlete version of Kyle Van Noy. If you want to sell Micah Parsons going into the Dolphins defense, that's where you start and that's where you finish. Period. Football season may be over, but Bet Online still has plenty of sports action for you to bet. NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has all of the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So before I transition into some of the cons, I do think it's important for me to talk film uh, instead of just roll for Micah Parsons because over at TDN, uh, the way we handle player evaluation is we have a group of five scouts and we divide the country amongst us. And you are responsible in the summer and the fall for being the expertise of your specific region. Well, I'm the Big Ten guy and live up that way and uh, went to Penn State. So... Penn State's always on TV. I've had a chance to, to really study Micah Parsons and really dig into his game. And, and I think the leap that he took from year one to year two as an off-ball linebacker is super exciting. And if you want to see what Micah Parsons can do, my recommendations would be to watch the Memphis game and to watch the Minnesota game from 2019. In those games, you saw some instances of not finishing tackles that he was getting home on, but it wasn't the missed tackle that bothered me. It was the fact that he was either undercutting or flowing over top of blocks and beating blockers with the kind of range that I would never expect a linebacker to be able to hit. It's it's his explosiveness playing laterally, playing the run, getting down into the line of scrimmage, and beating offensive linemen to landmarks that he has no business doing. That just explodes off the tape at you. And you get really excited about, wow, like, look at how much ground he can cover. And no, maybe he didn't finish that tackle in the backfield, but he completely derailed and blew up that play. And then pursuit gets home and and you're allowed to finish the play. So uh, you want to know what Micah Parsons can do explosive hitter, he's fierce over the middle, he's really good in blitz game and stunt game up the middle, and you watch him in his run fits, and he he hits gaps that other linebackers would never dream of considering to challenge because he's so rangy and explosive, and he's 245 pounds, so he runs through that contact really, really well when you try and get a hand on him and kind of ride him out. No, that's not going to derail Micah Parsons. Here's kind of a good segue over into some of the concerns with Mike Parsons. Um, 
because when you do watch him on tape, what you don't see is a lot of coverage skills. Uh, playing in space, not a forte of Micah Parsons. Our friends over at Pro Football Focus, uh, their draft guide credited Micah Parsons with only taking 64 snaps in man coverage in 2019. So in 2018, he played less than 500 snaps, and 250 of those were in coverage. In 2019, he played 731 defensive snaps. He was an attack player as a pass rusher on approximately 100 of those, and he played in coverage 324 snaps. Of those 324, 64 were in man coverage. Everything else was in zone. And it wasn't just that he was in zone. It was Jordan Reed, who I work with over at TDN. He refers to it as grass droppers. Um, Players who know where their landmarks are and their zone drops. And regardless on whether or not there's anybody there, that's kind of where they just choose to go. Instead of feeling where the flow of the play is and putting yourself in a position to make more plays in coverage. And you think about what the Dolphins really struggled with in coverage last year. Yeah, it was linebackers over the middle of the field who couldn't pick up crossers, and they really couldn't challenge and take away those throwing windows. And quarterbacks had a lot of success getting up over the second level of the defense on routes working over the middle of the field, whether they're crossers, special route, you name it. So that's kind of the first area where and if you're drafting for the long term, like you have the opportunity to understand, okay, he's a developmental player, uh, he's going to get better here. But he wasn't particularly good. And I guess the good news is if you are going to project him into the Kyle Van Noy role, uh, you're not going to get him a lot in coverage, at least early on. Uh, One of the comps that I came up with for Micah Parsons was Miles Jack, the linebacker who's down in Jacksonville. He's kind of taken on a role as a a stack off-ball linebacker, as a Mike linebacker. I think Micah Parsons can be that. But Miles Jack coming out of UCLA... Uh, before he got drafted, and, and he had a knee injury that kind of derailed his opportunity to be a, a first-round pick. He was drafted in the second round by the Jaguars. The book on him was he was so versatile that he played all over the place, and like, where do you play him right away? Micah Parsons, you know, I, I think the Dolphins are one of those teams that can kind of avoid that conflict because there is this very clear and obvious role uh, that a player with similar measurables, uh, physically speaking, was a staple of the team, and you can get a much more explosive version of that in Micah Parsons. There's some off-the-field questions. I'll say questions. I don't want to unfairly d- describe it as, as red flags or anything like that, uh, but Micah Parsons was a part of a hazing issue at Penn State University, the details of which are quite graphic. Uh, You know, Micah did address that. Uh, What he said via allpennstate.com was, at the end of the day, I believe that I was a kid. I was 17 and 18 years old. We all make mistakes when we're 17 and 18. I'm not going to let it control or dictate the person that I am now. Now, Parsons was mentioned in a hazing lawsuit. He was described as the quote-unquote ringleader of said hazing lawsuit Uh, that a former Penn State player had filed against the university in James Franklin, but no charges were filed in that, and Parsons was not named as a defendant in the civil suit. So that is important information uh, to acknowledge, but it is at least something that you 
notate when you are taking inventory of the pros and cons of the player. Uh, and you have to assess, is this something that we are comfortable with, yes or no? I can't make that judgment for the Miami Dolphins. But knowing that that is there, and then hearing Bucky Brooks from NFL Network discussing Micah Parsons throughout this offseason and mentioning uh, he needs to mature a little bit, at least raises the red flag in the air as something that needs to be acknowledged. We have been telling you about our friends over at Built Bar for quite some time here on the Locked On Network. And whether you are looking for something delicious, something to start your day, something post-workout, something that's keto-friendly, or just like eating things that taste delicious, Built Bar can fill that void in your life. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with high protein, high fiber, low calories, low sugar, and 100% chocolate on all of their bars with 18 delicious flavors to choose from. So visit BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you can save 15% off your next order of Built Bar. So find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Swing over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15%. The last little bit of acknowledgement for concerns about Micah Parsons. There's two of them. One, he did not play in 2020. So you are extremely encouraged by the fact that he shows up at his pro day and he's in good shape and he tests really well. That's a box check. But at the end of the day, you have not seen Micah Parsons play football since the bowl game from 2019 against Memphis. That is a long time. This is a long time away from the game. And as somebody, he he chose to stand on his true sophomore tape What has his development as a player from a football IQ perspective look like throughout that time off? It's impossible to say unless you're sitting in on the interviews. We also don't know how the Dolphins are going to choose to covet players who chose to sit out in 2020. The Dolphins may not feel comfortable with making those selections given the fact that they want players and need players as a team that's trying to make a push for the postseason, who can contribute sooner rather than later. Or at least you would assume that's the mentality that they have. And the last little bit is positional value. You're talking about a linebacker, and linebacker is valued in in many instances throughout the NFL draft in a similar light in which running backs are, in, in that there is not great value and return on investment for linebackers being drafted in the top 20 picks of the NFL draft. You think of some of the recent examples, uh, Devin Bush was drafted 10th. You had Tremaine Edmonds, who was drafted 16th by the Buffalo Bills. You had Devin White at 5, and that was kind of a controversial pick. If they can play three downs, though, I do think you can, can find the value. And for Micah Parsons... I'd be concerned if he didn't have the pass rush background and the Dolphins weren't the Dolphins. If you were any other team, you would look at Micah Parsons and say, okay, like, where do you get your value on third down? But the Dolphins have a role that features a linebacker up on or at the line of scrimmage on 70% of his snaps that they just vacated this past offseason. And that features a ton of pressure opportunities and can mitigate how much you play this player in space. And with the athletic profile that Micah Parsons have, 
and the lack of experience and how good he was despite a lack of experience, I think it's just a matter of time before he continues to get better and evolve. So, am I drafting Micah Parsons at 6? No. If Micah Parsons is there at 18, am I comfortable with that pick? Yes, absolutely. Now, where will Micah Parsons get drafted? I think his ceiling is probably 9 with the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are kind of a weird team. They have a really good roster besides quarterback. They brought in reinforcements for the cornerback position, which was one of their weak points. So it's difficult to kind of peg and select needs for Denver. Linebacker and Micah Parsons for Vic Fangio's defense might be one of those spots. But to move beyond that, I don't think Dallas is a serious spot. The Giants could be, but a recent report indicates that Devontae Smith is kind of the apple of Dave Gettleman's eye, and Dave Gettleman is not very good at playing poker. He's kind of tipped his hand uh, with recent first-round selections. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles at 12. They have a need at linebacker. Howie Roseman's never taken one high. It would be the ultimate tendency breaker for Howie Roseman to go that direction. The Chargers, no, they have more pressing needs at left tackle for Justin Herbert, and they need a corner, and they need a pass rusher because Melvin Ingram hit free agency. So premium positions, I think, will rule the roost there. Minnesota at 14, no. New England at 15, maybe. But who's playing quarterback for them? The Cardinals at 16, no, they just drafted Isaiah Simmons in the top 10 last year. The Raiders at 17, perhaps. And then the Dolphins at 18. You got a couple hurdles to clear. Denver, I think, is a serious one. I think the Giants are kind of a sleeper one. I think the Patriots are a hurdle to clear, and the Raiders are a hurdle to clear. So you need four teams to have breaks go a different direction with their interests. And if that happens... Micah Parsons could be there for you at 18. And if he is, I think that's a great value for the Dolphins relative to their style of play defensively. And then, of course, the question becomes, where do you get your running back? And that's what we'll talk about on Wednesday's show because we're going to do Najee Harris at 18 on Wednesday. So you guys have that to look forward to. But tomorrow is Power to the Pod. It's your show, your questions, your topics, your hot takes pertaining to the Miami Dolphins and sometimes pertaining to anything else that you want to talk about. So hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I am Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Have a great Monday. And I hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.